Okay, so uh, we will now, Ritz Hashem, uh, finish the first off, Masech HaZivomas. That's to be a big accomplishment, to finish the first mission in Yavomas is uh, not stop. Okay, so um, we are on uh, Bez Ahmed Bez, and we are in the Mishnah where the last word on the line is Halcha. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten lines down. Um, all the way on the left side. Last word on the line is halacha. We're going to talk for a minute now about this concept known as saras sara. Not as, not as crazy as it sounds. Um, and we'll explain it right now. I'm going to share my screen with you. So we... Uh, yeah, there you go. Um, um, okay, so we again we've talked about this, this the issue of the tsara, uh, the different women who um, themselves are not able to marry the yabam, they can't marry their brother right uh, after the husband passes away, and once they are not able to marry him, so even their tsara, even the co-wife who herself has no halachic reason why or any other halachic reason why she shouldn't be able to do yibam uh, with the uh, brother of her deceased husband um, however it's because she's a co-wife to, an, to a woman who does have a halachic reason she's the uh, the yabam's sister uh, the, you know the yabam's uh, daughter or whatever all these other reasons her his daughter-in-law etc uh, so because this woman is the co-wife uh, to, uh, to um, you know, uh, to this woman, so she's off the hook also, and she also doesn't have to do yibum. So the Gemara, the Mishnah explains another case. What happens if the tsara herself goes ahead and marries somebody else? Let's let's just read it in the Mishnah. So it says the Mishnah halcha tsaras bito vinises laechav. So what happens? The the um, there's uh, a man, Reuven, right? His daughter is married to his brother, right? So Reuven has a daughter. If you see on the, on the chart, right? You have Reuven, his daughter, Sarah, and she's married to Reuven's brother, Shimon, right? Okay? Um, and what happens? Shimon passes away. Shimon, and Shimon has another wife, Rivka. So again, Shimon passes away. Reuven cannot perform Yibom because after all, like we said, Sarah is his daughter, and Rivka's off, off the hook from Yibam too because she's the co-wife of Sarah. Fine. However, and we haven't talked about this much until now, what if there's another brother? Right? We mentioned from the beginning before that the, the Bechor typically has the first, first dibs at uh, doing Yibam, but if there's some reason why he can't do it, so now the other brother has a chance also. And Reuben again had a halachic reason why he wasn't able to do so. But Levi has no such problem in this case. Why? Because again, the only reason Reuven couldn't marry Sarah is because Sarah is his daughter. Levi is Reuven, Levi, uh, Sarah is Levi's niece. Um, that means that that's a permissible marriage. So uh, Levi has no reason why he can't marry um, Sarah um, or Rivka for that matter. Okay, so what happens? So again, so Shimon passes away. And Levi performs Yibam, not with Sarah, but with Rivka. I don't know if you noticed on the WhatsApp, I posted uh, the answer to, uh, I forget, maybe Harvey asked the question, 
The halacha is that you do yibum with one of the women only. Uh, the halacha is once you do yibum or chalitza actually with one of those one of the wives, then everyone else is everyone else is released at that point. So you don't do yibum, and in fact you're not really uh, allowed to yibum with more than one. So you do it with one. So what happens? So Levi goes ahead. He marries Rivka. Okay, Rivka. Remember, was the tsara of Sarah. Now what happens? Levi dies without any children. And Levi has two wives, Rivka and Rachel. Again, in theory, Reuven has no reason not to marry Rivka or Rachel because they have no relationship to him. However, originally what had happened, Rivka was the co-wife, was the tsara of Reuven's daughter Tsara, and was the reason why Rivka, and, and Rivka wasn't able to do Yibam with Reuven because of that relationship to being, his, being the tsara of Tsara. So what happens? Rivka can never do even with Ruvain. And now that she's the co-wife of Rachel, what happens? She actually gets Rachel off the hook too. So the idea of Tsara's Tsara is again, Rivka was originally the Tsara of Tsara. And that's why she, did, she had no uh, ability to Yibam with Ruvain. And now that she's married to somebody else and, uh, and it has a new co-wife, the new co-wife is also uh, is off the hook because her... You know, her, her uh, being excluded from marrying Ruvain was sort of transferred to Rivka. And now the same power that Sarah had, Rivka has. And she makes Rachel uh, putter from Tura from having to Yibam or Chalitza. Does that make sense? Just yeah. Yes. So it means that Rachel has no Zika to Ruvain. So she is, she is no, uh, I mean, that's a good question in general. But in all these scenarios, when we say Petura, so it means that she is not, has no Zika Leibam. So she has no requirement to marry him. But what it's going to also mean, you're right, is it should mean that she's Usher to marry him. Why is she Usher to marry him? Because the whole point is that, is that Yibam is the, is the Halacha that overrides the Isser of Eishas Ach. Right? She's the wife of his brother. He, she's his brother's wife. So the answer is that, that, that she, they're a surah to marry him. Very good. Uh, should be. Um, because at that point, uh, Levi is Ruven's brother. And, um, and Rivka and Rachel are his, are his, uh, you know, uh, his brother's wives, which is an iser, unless there's Yibu. So yeah, it should be. Not only are they, we use the lesson of the language of Petura, they're, not, they're, they're off the hook from having to Yibam or Chalitza, but you're right. They really should be, as far as I understand, should be um, Aser to marry Ruben because they're now his uh, brother's wives. Good? Harvey, that good? Okay, good. Um, uh, thank you for the question. It's, good. it's an important question. Um, okay, so that so that's this. So let's just read it again in the Mishnah. So again, so the case was that the tsara of his daughter, right, and married his brother Hasheni, right, married the second brother and he has another wife already. This again, we're just reading the same case. Umes, and then he Levi dies. Kashem bito petura sarasa petura afilo So then, just like again, he said. 
that originally Rivka was was off the was off the hook was Petua from Yibum because of her relationship to her original tzara. Tzara now Rachel is is, is doesn't cannot do Yibum or Chalitza with Ruvain because of her relationship with Rachel, um, with Rivka, the, who was the original tzara. Afilu So meaning, if Levi would be married to a hundred women, which would be unusual, but if he would be, then all hundred women would be off the hook, would be Peturos from Yibum or Chalitza. Because of their relationship, because they are the tzara of Rivka. Okay. Continues the Mishnah. mutaros. So, so the, the, the halacha which we had mentioned before um, is that if one of if the tzara would pass away, um, now all of a sudden everyone else is activated again and able to do yibum. So. Um, how does that work? Right, we had said already right, that, if someone, that if one of these women passes away, um, now this whole rule of tzara gets you know, nullified. So how does that work? Um, well, we'll use it here anyways. Um, how does it work? So it says the mission as follows. Hai sabito o achas uh, right, so what happens? So again, so let's say the example of, of daughter is just the easiest one, right? So you have his, so, so you have Ruvain and you have, he has a daughter, Sarah, right? Um, or and again, it doesn't have to be Bito, any of the other 14 examples of women for, to whom he's not allowed to marry. And they're married to his brother, Shimon, okay? Velo and Shimon has another wife. So this, this chart is actually perfect for it. Ruvain has a daughter, Sarah. Shimon, she's married to Shimon. And Shimon has another wife, Rivka. Okay? What happens? Mesabito Oniskarsha. Right? So if Sarah dies, or if Sarah and Shimon get divorced, somehow their relationship ends. Okay? And then only after their original relationship was terminated, then Shimon dies. So what happens? Tsarasa Mutaris. Now Rivka is allowed to marry Reuven, and now, like we said, not only is she allowed, but she has a Zika Yibum, she has an automatic halacha connection to Reuven, and therefore she has to do Yibum or Chalitza. So the point being, we had, I really mentioned this before, that, um, that in any scenario where the Tsara is, is preventing, um, Right, the co-wife is preventing her other wife from performing Yibam Chalitza because of her relationship with the brother if she's out of the picture before the death of the husband, so then she doesn't have that power. Um, it's important to point it out because we've mentioned before there are other Isurim which, you know, which are activated and never go away. We talked about before the case of the woman who is, uh, you know, um, um, whatever, I don't, give, I don't give things more complicated, but the bottom line is there are certain Isurim that become activated and never go away. Here the point is that even though you know, if, even though at one point, if Shimon would have died, Rivka would have been Asura to Ruvain, right? Nevertheless, because Shimon only dies after his relationship with Sarah is terminated, uh, Rivka is, is, is permitted to Ruvain. And, and, now, and now they have to, either do Yibam or Chalitza. Okay, and continues the mission of Akola Yechola Lema'in Velo Miana Tsarasa Cholatzes Velo Misyabemes. So what's this case? Any, bar, any individual who was able to do miyun and did not do miyun, her tzara does chalitza but not yibum. So what are we talking about? 
If you look at Rashi all the way down, the last Rashi in the Mishnah, before it says Gemara, right? So let's say, let's not give the case of daughter here, because uh, if it's a daughter, the case of Miyam probably wouldn't exist, because Miyam typically happens a case where the daughter is married off after her father has passed away. But let's say Sarah is uh, Ruvain's you know, uh, daughter-in-law, whatever. That wouldn't exist. Uh, and and um, so and she's a katana, right? So she's she's not she's not uh, twelve years old yet, okay? So if that would happen, and as we mentioned before, any any young woman who is married off by a sibling or her mother, etc., before she is um, a gadola, before she's an adult, so she doesn't have real kedushin, and therefore she doesn't need real real gerushin to get divorced. She can do something that's called miyun. She just works me She just says that she's not interested in being married anymore, and she's released. Okay, so if that happens, um, so look at Rashi. And so she, she continues to have the opportunity to be to do miyun and to say I'm not interested and I don't want to be married to you anymore, and she doesn't do so. And then umes echav, right? And now. Her husband dies. It's the brother of the Yabam, but, right? Dies. Since the Kiddushin um, of this woman, again, Sarah, the, her, her Kiddushin was an only a Dirabanan type of Kiddushin in the first place. She wasn't really married to him because she's not a Gedola. Um, so the, I actually have in my Rashi. Does your Rashi say Midrabanan or Suffolk? I have a Midrabban here. I have a little note here that says some say that the that the that the, that the Rashi says that the kiddushin is a is a suffic kiddushin. Whatever it is, the point is it's not a it's not a bona fide halachic hundred percent deraisa kiddushin. Vizikas nefilasa midrabbanon, right? And now her 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 uh, connection to the brother-in-law is again either suffic or it's derabbanon. Eina poteres sarasa minachalitza ulis yabem asura. So what happens? Her relationship to Ruvain is foggy, right? We're not really sure. And this is going to be a, an example. This is one example of a case we're going to find many times where the relationship, if the relationship is unclear and we're stuck now, what do we do in this? What do we do now? So basically, Sarah is um, only as the Kedushin of the Rabbanon and therefore who are, um, to, even to Shimon, right, in the first place. And... Um, so that means that her ability to have done um, Yibam with Ruvain, again, how Asr is she really? The Isra Erva, right, is only Midrabana, usually it's Midraisa. So here the Isra Erva isn't totally clear. So she's sort of married to Ruvain, sort of, Asr, sort of married to Shimon, and sort of Asr to Ruvain. Um, and it's not totally clear what her situation is. So the question is what's the status of the, of the Tsara? Right? The Tsara, Rivka, she, let's say, is a Gedola. Right, and she's to- she's married to Shimon Midaraisa. That means that her connection to Ruven is very strong. She has a zika to him. So how does Sarah's ability to to again the only reason she's not in Yibam is because of her this young this young girl Sarah who has this pseudo marriage to Shimon. So her blocking her ability to block Ruven from doing Yibam with with uh, with Rivka is not so clear. It's not so strong. So what do we do in such a situation where we have a suffix, whether or not 
uh, this woman, Sarah, can do Yibam or not, and which really means, by definition, there's also a suffix, whether Rifka can do Yibam or not, because again, does, the whole reason that Rifka is blocked from Yibam is because of Sarah. But Sarah's status as being even married to Shimon in the first place is not so clear. So what do we do? So we always do, in the case of suffix, Choletzes velo misyabemes. We do a Chalitza out of suffix. Right? So we, she can't get married to him, that's for sure. She may not even require Chalitza, so what do we do? Out of, uh, out of suffix, because we, just to be safe, we do a Chalitza, but we don't do, but we don't allow Yibam. We're going to find that in many cases of, when there's a suffix about the status of the Yibam, we do Choletzes velo misyabemes. You do a Chalitza, because again, there's basically nothing to lose. You can do the Chalitza, there's no like... Uh, there's no, uh, you know, uh, if you do a chalitza when you're not supposed to, you don't really lose much. You just make the relationship end. Maybe there never was a relationship. Okay. But at least you uh, have done the chalitza and, and you got it done. Uh, in general, do we tend to look for a reason to avoid the relationship and actually have uh, Sarah do not necessarily be connected to the remaining brother? Or do we tend to try to, in general, these cases of suffering, Try to find a way to make it work first. Um, I don't really know if I have an answer to that question. What, what do you What do you mean, like try to make it work? Like we're like searching for a way to get the Yibam to happen. You mean? Right. From whose perspective are we looking at? We're we looking at the perspective of the surviving brother trying to be connected to the tsar when you have a case of something. Right. We're looking more from the women's perspective to try and get a point with her to get out of her obligation to be connected to. Right. The truth is, look, I've been saying also, like, gets them off the hook, etc. Like, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. There, it depends on the society in which you're living. At times, it's probably very helpful for these women that, uh, that the brother wanted to marry them. It gave them financial security. Um, you know, it, it, it may... Yibum is not as bad as, I make it, as I've been making it out to you maybe the last couple of days. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know that it is, uh, you know... It, Let's give a better answer. I don't really know. I'm not sure. Um, but to, to, from, from my experience until now, the, my answer would be that typically we're, con- we're very concerned because of the Isra of Eishas Ach. Right? There's a big concern here. That the, the, the real you know, uh, trap in this situation, and that's why it makes it so, so you know, you have to be so careful with it, is that again, if there's no Chi of Yibam, there's an Isidar Raisa of Eishas Ach. So we have to be very careful. You can't just say, well, let's, let's make it work. And get a yib- and make get them to do yibum because if they're if they're not supposed to do yibum, there's an iser to do yibum, right? It's, it's there's no there's no middle ground. So so in that sense, you know, I, 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 we're going to find very often that the Gemara will give us examples of chaletzets v'lomis yabemes that because we're not sure, just do a chalitza to be careful. You find that by the way also misachas uh, gitten a lot of the time. That's much more complicated where you have situations where you're not sure, so you give a get me suffix. A get me suffix is much more problematic. Um, actually, the truth is they're both both problematic because uh, a uh, a Cohen can't marry a grusha or a chalutza. Um, so so when you do a get me suffix or a chalitza me suffix, you end up affecting her status for marrying a Cohen later also. Um, so you know it's not that simple to do either of these things me suffix, but uh, we find both in mesechas getting and mesechas Savamos that you do a get or a chalitza just to be sure. Um, but we're much less likely to say, well, you know what, we're not sure, but go ahead with the yibum, because in that situation, you're risking, you're running the risk of, uh, of having, her, having them get married when really there's an issue for them to be, to be married. I don't know if that helps. Okay. 
Um, all right, so that's the end of the Mishnah. Let's just uh, we'll just start the Gemara for a minute. The Gemara starts a kind of a, a new conversation, but we'll, uh, we'll we'll just read it to the end of the end of the daf. So the Gemara says this as follows: Michti, Michti always means like, come, let's take a look, let's let's understand, and they're gonna have a kasha. Michti ishi So we're gonna find out later, and Rashi's gonna tell us that later, and we're gonna learn out that basically all of these um, isurim, all these isurei erva. And how they impact their tzara, etc., are all learned from the case of Achos Isha, right? That a person is not allowed to marry the sister of his wife. If that, and if that's true, that everything really gets learned from that example, um, and Rashi says we're going to learn it later on Gimel Amud Beis, uh, Listni Achos Isha Beresha. So you should give the example of Achos Isha first. Why, why does the Mishnah give the example of Bito first? Really give the example of of Achos Isha, of your wife's sister. That should be the first example because it's, it seems to be, it's the prime example. It's the one that um, all the other cases will be learned from. So it should go first. V'chiteiman, if you want to tell me Tana Chumrei Chumrei Nakat, that the Tana gives the more severe um, Isurim first, meaning that which has a greater punishment. V'reb Shimonhi, and this is like the opinion of Rebbe Shimon, why the Amar Shreifa Chamura that the that that a um, an Isra Erva which brings the the punishment of Shreifa is more severe, right? We have four ways that an individual can be killed by Bezdin if they're Chayav Misa Skila Shreifa Hereg Vechene, right? So Skila is stoning, really you drop the person off a high roof and then uh, if they, and they you should you know die from the from the fall. If they don't, then you throw stones on them. Um, Shreifa is actually pouring hot lead down their throat. It's all very pleasant um, ways to die. Um, but the bottom line is that there's a machlokas whether skila is, is the most severe, uh, meaning if, if, there's, if a, certain is, a certain prohibition brings with it skila, does that mean that's the highest level, the most severe, or is Shreifa the highest level? Or Cherev, it's being killed by the sword. Um, so which one comes first? So according to Rishimin, Rishimin believes that Shreifa is the most Chamor, someone who's Chayv in Shreifa, so that Isser is the highest, the highest level, the most severe Isser. So according to Rishimin, Shreifa is the highest level, and in which case, I guess, uh, it must be that Bito carries the, uh, the Isser of Shreifa. Uh, right, Rashi says, Rabbi Shimon he, Rashi like five lines up from the bottom, Rabbi Shimon he, the Amr of Perik Dalamisos, that's in Sanhedrin, which talks about the Arba Misos Bezdin, Shreifa Chamura, all those cases are chayv and sreifa if the person marries that individual. Um, so if you want to say that's the reason, so maybe the reason we went with bito, bas bito, etc. First is because they're the highest level, the most severe punishment. But if that's true, then you should put the uh, a mother-in-law first. Uh, because the original case of Shreifa was written by Chamoso, by the case of the mother-in-law. Um, Rashi points out the Pasuk, right, so the Pasuk says there that a man who marries a woman and his mother-in-law, and her mother, his mother-in-law, right, so that's, that's considered disgusting, and uh, they should be burned in fire. That's this, the, the punishment of Shreifa. Um, and also, if that was true, Basar Chamoso Lisni Kalaso. 
the Basar Sreifa, Skila Chamura. And if that was true also, then after you're done with listing all the cases of Sreifa, uh, the, the, the cases that are Chayv and Sreifa, you should then list Kala, right? The daughter in law, because that is an issue Skila. And again, after Sreifa, we assume that. Uh, we assume that skila is the next highest, next next most severe. So elak bito kaven da asya midrasha chavivalei. So what's the answer? The initial answer to the gemara is that the case of bito is learned. The case of uh, the, the iser of marrying one's daughter and that being an, an iser erva is actually not written explicitly in the pasuk, but it comes from a drasha, and therefore it is chavivalei. We uh, love it the most. Things that come out of a drasha, things that are explicit pasuk, so that's nice. But something that is darshan meaning it's never found anywhere uh, explicit in the Pasuk, but we have to find it from a drasha, that the Gemara very often likes the most. Uh, why it likes it the most is an interesting question, but that's at least at this, this point, the Gemara's assumption, that's why Bito goes first. Um, it could be the reason why something that comes from a drasha is more chaviv, is because something that comes from a drasha is more, is Torah Pet, right? And, and uh, we're going to find throughout Shas, right? That Chazal were always very happy when they could um, have certain halachos that were learned out uh, not from a drasha, uh, sorry, not from an explicit pasuk, but from a drasha, it, it's, it's you know more closely connected to the Masora even in a certain way um, than explicit psukim. It was something they were always trying to reinforce over and over again. So that could be why that's more chaviv. But we'll continue to uh, next week with this uh, this conversation, which 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 issue should have gotten first in the Mishnah. But uh, like I said, thankfully we got through the the first Mishnah. There's a lot of cases which were hard, and you'll see you know now having some gemaras, it'll be a little bit. Uh, more fluid hopefully, and uh, we will continue on Monday morning at 7 o'clock.